Hello and welcome. You are listening to Patrick Boyle on Finance, a podcast exploring ideas from quantitative finance, examining events occurring in markets right now and financial history to see what lessons can be taken away, including interviews with some of the most interesting people in the world of finance. To learn more about the podcast, visit onfinance.org. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so the Chinese ride-hailing company Didi announced on Friday that they would begin delisting in the United States and prepare to go public in Hong Kong instead. The official statement says that their board has authorized the delisting in New York of its American depository shares, while ensuring that ADSs will be convertible into freely tradable shares of the company on another internationally recognized stock exchange. Now, the US listing of Didi has been mired in scandal since almost day one when the company went public back in June of this year, raising $4.4 billion. The US IPO was the biggest listing of a Chinese company in the United States since Alibaba back in 2014. Just days after the IPO, the Chinese regulators ordered that Didi's app be removed from Chinese app stores. They banned them from signing up new users and announced an investigation into the company's cybersecurity practices. This regulatory crackdown is an ongoing situation where the company still can't sign up new users and the government has ordered app stores to remove 25 of Didi's other apps. The stock went public at $14 and the shares have more than halved since then, trading at around $6.50 at the time of filming. So obviously this is a bit of a disaster for international investors who bought the stock. But rather than just look at what happened, let's discuss why China is doing this and what it might mean for markets going forward. Now, for well over a year, US politicians and regulators have been making noise about not liking the way international stocks listed on US exchanges have different rules applied to them than domestic companies. This is the case for all international stocks, but the contentious ones are Chinese companies. They've shown concern for how this might harm US investors. This is a bipartisan issue in the United States. In fact, it's one of the few things that both Democrats and Republicans appear to agree on. But while the Americans seem somewhat upset over this issue, it would appear that the Chinese government is absolutely enraged that their leading companies would go public on a foreign exchange. The Chinese government are coming at this from a cybersecurity front. Didi is the Chinese version of Uber, and while they do collect significantly more customer data than Uber does, investing in the New York listed shares obviously doesn't give investors access to any sensitive customer data in China. The Chinese government are coming at Didi from a cybersecurity front. Now, Didi is the Chinese version of Uber, and while they do collect significantly more customer data than Uber does, investing in the shares, the New York listed shares, doesn't give investors access to any sensitive customer data back in China. The Chinese government already has laws in place to prevent data like this being exported, so we then have to ask if the issue really is about cybersecurity, and if it's not, what exactly is going on? 
As of today, there are more than 240 Chinese companies listed in the United States, and they have a combined market cap of over $2 trillion. That includes tech companies like Alibaba, financial firms like China Life Insurance, and the online lending company Lufax. Many of these companies will have collected much more sensitive data than Didi has, and so far they don't appear to be under the same scrutiny as Didi. If it's not about cybersecurity, what is Beijing actually upset about? Well, the fact that China's most impressive tech companies have shown such a preference for listing in New York rather than Shanghai or Hong Kong over the last decade looked to the Chinese Communist Party like a big endorsement of American capital markets. Not only does it look like an endorsement, but it could even be seen as a vote of no confidence in China's markets. Didi was possibly the straw that broke the camel's back. Didi did not come up with anything new here. They simply followed the well-worn path of companies like Alibaba and Sina Weibo. Xi Jinping wants to boost the status of domestic exchanges, and the Chinese capital markets look particularly unimpressive if they're unable to attract the nation's best companies. This is more likely to be the issue with Didi than cybersecurity. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it's not just the Chinese that are upset, but the US regulatory action against US-listed Chinese companies has been fairly light so far. The regulators have targeted mostly state-owned companies that have absolutely no problem raising money in China and Hong Kong already. And they've pushed for clearer warnings from Chinese companies about the regulatory risks they face back home. There's been a push as well to improve audits. Now, since its IPO in June, Didi has not released any quarterly earnings reports or held calls with investors or Wall Street analysts. These things are fairly standard for US-listed companies, but Didi is not breaking any rules in this situation, as there is lighter regulation in place for foreign companies listed on US exchanges. This has made it more difficult for shareholders to understand how the government crackdown is affecting the overall business. DD did report in September, though, that their daily users had fallen by 30% since the IPO. And this can't be much of a surprise for investors, considering the situation that the company is in. Now, the whole delisting announcement comes just before the end of a six-month lockup period where company executives can begin selling their shares in New York. Now, in the aftermath of Didi's IPO, Chinese regulators warned that other companies hoping to follow in its footsteps by listing abroad would be subject to more stringent approval procedures, especially if they manage data deemed sensitive by Beijing. Beijing does not appear to be done yet in cracking down on its tech sector. Regulators have ordered social media group Tencent to stop rolling out new apps. This US delisting and redomiciling should probably worry US investors, especially if it starts to look like China could follow up with any company deemed to have access to sensitive data, which would likely include all tech and financial companies. We've seen a big sell-off in SoftBank of late. It's down almost 40% year-to-date. A lot of this is, of course, due to a broader tech sell-off. But SoftBank has also made a bit of a business out of floating Asian tech companies in the United States, where they'll get the highest possible valuations. That game may be about over at this point. 
They do still, of course, have their other businesses, though, like WeWork, which is the Uber of office rentals, WAG, the Uber of dog walking, Zoom, the Uber of robot-made pizzas, and, of course, Uber. Um, you can think of Uber as sort of like an American Didi. It's, uh, it's taxis, you know? So other questions raised by this delisting is whether, going forward, big data will be seen as a strategic resource by governments worldwide. We already see this happening a little bit in the West with European data regulations like GDPR and the regulatory concern associated with the misuse of data by big tech firms like Facebook, who had to rename themselves Meta so that we'd forget about them. Obviously, the more politicized an investment becomes, the harder it is to value on fundamentals, because those fundamentals can change rapidly with the changing political environment. Another question this situation raises is if it makes sense at all for companies to be listed on foreign exchanges when they fall under very different legal and regulatory frameworks in the countries where they operate. The SEC has finalized a rule allowing it to delist foreign stocks that don't meet its audit requirements, and many US-listed Chinese companies will struggle to provide this information without breaking laws back home in China. Bloomberg reported earlier this week that China is planning to ban companies from going public on foreign stock exchanges through variable interest entities, closing the loophole used by Chinese companies to raise capital from overseas investors. Now, this ban is one of a number of changes included in a new draft of China's overseas listing rules that may be finalized as soon as this month. The Chinese Securities Regulatory Commission said on its website last week that this report about banning the overseas listings of companies using the VIE structure is not true without giving any further details. VIEs sit in a legal grey area, and so investors in these structures do have to worry about any legal changes that could be made in China. Now, Didi indicated that it will first seek a listing in Hong Kong and then urge US ADS holders to convert into Hong Kong-listed stock. We'll have to wait and see how smoothly this goes, as part of the reason Didi chose to list in New York was to avoid some of the bureaucracy associated with a domestic listing in Shanghai or Hong Kong. They will obviously have to be fully compliant with all Chinese laws before being allowed to list in Hong Kong. It may not be the best time right now to go public in Hong Kong either. IPOs are down 20% in the last year in Hong Kong, even though they're up almost everywhere else in the world. Additionally, when investors are aware that the company and the entire Chinese tech sector is out of favour with the government, they might not rush to invest. Beijing would likely have to provide assurances that Didi is safe from further regulatory attacks for a while in order to get the listing done quickly. It'll be very interesting to see how this story develops going forward. It remains to be seen how quickly Didi can delist and relist in Hong Kong, whether doing this will solve their regulatory problems, and whether other Chinese tech companies will be forced to follow. Have a great day and see you again soon. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. 
Thank you to everyone who is supporting this content on Patreon. If you enjoyed this content, you can find more like it on YouTube, on the Patrick Boyle on Finance channel, or follow us on Twitter at Patrick E. Boyle. Thanks for listening. Bye.